Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 71 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And as you can tell by my hat, I'm very excited because I got an Oakland A in the house. It is Chris Bassett, their all-star pitcher and fellow Buckeye, just like me. Chris, how are you? Good, you? I'm good. All right, so let's get it right out in the open because this is the stuff I care about. You grew up outside of Toledo, right? Yep, in between Toledo and Sandusky. Okay. So Cedar Point, was it? Was that still open? See, I had uh, season passes every year to Cedar Point. Uh, Christmas gifts were definitely uh, the season pass for uh, Cedar, Cedar Point. Yeah, so for people that aren't familiar, uh, that was an amusement park that, you know, it seemed like when I was a kid, it was like an 18-hour drive. I think it was like 60 miles, so it just felt like it was forever. But for you, it was just like right around the corner. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it was pretty close, and... Uh, Every time I think we were, especially if you've been to Cedar Point, you uh, understand, but there's amusement parks and then there's Cedar Point. Cedar Point kind of craps on all the amusement parks. So uh, if you like roller coasters in the United States, you have to go to Sandusky, Ohio for your best amusement park. Didn't it have like at one point, I thought it was like the largest wooden roller coaster <laughs> in history. Yeah, Did you- I want to say it was... I think that one was the Gemini, I want to say. Yes, yes, yeah. Gemini. Yeah. yeah. I like that one a lot because the lines were really small. You had the Millennium Force, that was a big one. Top Thrill Dragster, that was a massive one. Um, but yeah, I love the Gemini because the, the lines were so small. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're taping this uh, on a Thursday. So that means there's Thursday night football. Mm. So does that mean I should be putting on this? Make you excited? Gosh, Uh, no. Our, I'm a huge Browns fan, and our lineup tonight is frightening. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do not like who we're about to roll on the field tonight, to say the least. Yeah, it looks a lot like uh, one of those preseason games where you're sitting all your starters, except that's not really the Mm -hmm. goal of game number seven of the season. Yeah, uh, when you have the two best running back tandem in the league, both are hurt, both are out. Baker's out, both tackles out. I mean, we're we're gonna run a practice squad team out there today. I'll tell you that. Fingers crossed. Of course, by the time this episode drops, everybody will know the result, and then you can sell send us uh, on Twitter, Chris and Chris, either hey, congratulatory, um, you know, messages, or hey, sorry about that loss. So yeah, hundred yeah. uh, percent. So out of curiosity, when it's early in. The NFL season, unlike a uh, a Sunday in September, and you're not pitching. Do you mm-hmm. dip back into the clubhouse to check the Browns? Uh, I, I definitely do, but uh, it's it's my it's not so much for the Browns. It's more more a uh, fantasy football. Right? I knew it. That. You're one of those <laughs> guys. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, we we got. I mean, a lot of coaches, a lot of teammates, and they're all like, "Hey, like, what's AJ Brown doing right now? Like, go go check or like." Derrick Henry or Patrick Mahomes or whoever it may be. So yeah, there's definitely games going on while we're playing and uh, I'll go grab a snack, go grab a Mountain Dew and then uh, check some fantasy football scores for everybody. Okay. So give me your fantasy football team. Well, first of all, this is an Oakland A's league, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I'm in two. I'm, I'm in one fantasy football league for back home with all my Ohio friends mm-hmm. and then a fantasy football league for the Oakland A's. Okay. So like who's on that one? Uh, Chappie, Oli, Pender, me, Romo, um, Manaya. 
There's a lot. All, all the main, the main. Yeah, main it's pieces. A, yeah, yeah, it's basically a who's who. So who's there's always one guy that thinks he could actually be an NFL GM. Who is that? Probably me. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm just the arrogant, cocky idiot though. So don't, don't take, take that with a grain of salt. I've, I've been to the finals every single year, and I've lost every single year. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good one. So you're I'm the Buffalo for Bills every year. You are the Buffalo Bills <clears throat> of the A's fantasy football league. Hundred percent. Yep. Okay. I want to hear your team, and I will grade it. Here we go. Okay. I got Tom Brady. I heard got, of him. Yeah, heard of him. He's pretty good. I got mm-hmm. a. Well, here I was pulled up. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Oh, I got Tom Brady. I I got uh, Derrick Henry. He's not bad. Okay. <clears throat> I got AJ Brown. He's got to pick it up big time. Yeah, he's been banged up. Okay. Yeah. I got uh, Chris Godwin. Um, so I got the Brady Godwin combo. He needs mm-hmm. to throw. Brady needs to stop throwing to Antonio Brown so much. I, yep. I'm, I'm sick and tired of that. Mm-hmm. I got Mark Andrews. Great one. I got Edwards Hilaire, but obviously he's hurt. So I got the backup. I have his, I have Williams. Okay. Um, and then I got flyers. Honestly, I picked guys that are really good as long as someone gets hurt, which I'm not rooting for injuries. I never will do that. <laughs> but, but like I got Kenyon Drake. So Josh Jacobs misses time. That's what I'm saying. If Josh Jacobs goes down for a turf toe injury, then I am locked in with Kenyon Drake. And then I have um, McKissick, who's really, really good. Yep. Um, but he's just not a every down guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the one big guy that hurt me is uh, I got Michael Gallup. He he's uh, he's hurting oh, me yeah. on the IR right now. Yeah. It's but so far we're afloat. I'm in second place right now. Piscotti so, yep. Piscotti's in first. Piscotti's team's really, really good. Him and him and Mark Canna. We have uh we have two foes. We got a Stanford Cardinal and a Cal Bear teaming up to dominate our fantasy football league. So wait a second, those guys are a team together? Yeah, we got a couple teams because we had so many, we have so it's a 12 person team. I mean 12 person league. Mm-hmm. And we got more than 12 people that wanted to play. So like Chap Chapman and uh Jan Gomes are their uh their combo on a team. They're together. Their team was really, really good, but then they had the first overall pick and uh, McCaffrey. McCaffrey went down. So yeah. they're, they're struggling. Their whole team is basically the IR right now. I'm going to guess you had the third overall pick if you took second, Derrick Henry. I, you had I second chose, and you went him over Dalvin Cook. I, I, Dalvin Cook is hurt too much. I had, I had to pick Derrick Henry. Wow. Had to. Well, but you, to. you understand the trepidation. Everybody thought this is going to be the fall off. He gets the ball yep. too much. There's no way he's going to lead the league in rushing three straight years. You've heard all that. Doesn't catch yep. the ball. Yeah. I, I even Chap, – Chappie was always talking about who he's taking number one. I said, you're going to take McCaffrey because you have to, but the the safe pick is, is Derrick Henry. He's going to – he's just – you just look at Derrick Henry. He's built different. The guy mm-hmm. is – Six foot nine, eight hundred pounds, and he runs a four flat. Like, come on! Like, watch him play football. He's going to put up a lot of points for you. Uh huh. So, did you go to Browns games as a kid? Yeah my uh, my grandfather was the Browns, like the president of the Browns backers when I was growing up. Oh, so that is awesome. For people I, who don't know, the Browns backers is a probably the largest organized fan group throughout the entire country, and so there are Browns backers clubs that mm-hmm. pop up all over the country. You may continue. Sorry. 
No, yeah. So I, I definitely went to a lot. So I, I, I got to meet all the the really, really cool Browns players. So I got some signed memorabilia from a lot of cool guys. Like? Uh, Ozzie Newsome, Bernie Kozar. Um, those are the two big ones I like. Eric Clay, Metcalf. Clay Matthews? I like, I like Tim a lot. No, no Clay Matthews. Oh. No, didn't get him. Um, but I don't know. I've always been weird with like autographs. I don't want to like ask people for autographs. I don't know why. I just like meeting the person and just saying I met the person mm-hmm. and that's it. Take a I'm photo. A little different with, I'm a little different with baseball jerseys. I like baseball jerseys just saying like, hey, like I respect how you play. I like, like you as a person. So I want your jersey kind of thing. But besides that, I'm not big into collecting any other things. Okay. Who's the best jersey you've got in baseball? Ooh, not even close. Bartolo Colon, Cleveland Indians jersey. Oh, yeah. Did he sign it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, so that's my that's my uh, favorite one. Because I mean, I, I mean, you know, but the '90s Indians. I grew up with the '90s Indians, and that was that that what made that's that's what made me love baseball was just watching the '90s Indians. So this is a good question for people that aren't familiar with Ohio slash Michigan geography. You actually grew up closer to Detroit than you did mm-hmm. Cleveland. Well, it's, it's probably equidistant. Very no, close, it's, right? Uh, where I grew up, it's about 45 minutes to 55 minutes to Detroit. And then it's an like hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes to Cleveland. Okay. So it's about an hour longer. But Got my it. grandpa, my grandpa with the ties to Cleveland and all that stuff, it was like, I was wrapped in Cleveland gear, everything growing up. You see yep. it behind me. Yep. That's there we go. It's uh, to me, it's still That's, the Jake. So yeah, it's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Although you might have to throw that lamp out somehow, some way. Yes. Well, I'll change it. I'll keep the I A N S and just write Guardy on yeah, top yeah. of it. There you go. By the way, there I have go. no problem with the name change. I'm all good with it. I think it'll be it, fine. It I, I don't love the new name. I think it started to grow on me. I would have liked spiders because I could have welcomed you to the spider web. If, you know, if a player yeah, had ever hit cool. a home run off of the foul pole, you could have had a spider crawl down the foul pole. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I like, I grew up and I wanted to be an Indian so bad. So like, I don't know the name change. It hurts me like deeper. Cause I'm like, I don't, I didn't want to be a guardian. I wanted to be an Indian. Like, so I don't know. Again, the, I, I understand the name change. I get it, but it hurt me a little bit. Okay. That's okay. This is what we're yeah. here to do is talk feelings. You want a little yeah. Cleveland history from my vantage point when you talk Browns? My first job in between junior and senior year in high school, I was a Browns ball boy. And this is when mm. the Browns were great. This is the summer mm-hmm. of 88. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Browns are, you know, right in the thick of playing the Denver Broncos. It was actually the year after the fumble by Ernest Biner. And so mm-hmm. I started being a ball boy that year. I was a ball boy for three summer camps training camps which was great that was bernie clay matthews oh yeah uh you know metcalf was right about to get there mac biner all those great teams um i was at the drive by john elway mm-hmm. that was painful that was um, a tough one yeah i was at the shot by michael jordan don't even know if you were a Cavs fan but i was there too I was not really a cast fan at that time, but I've, I've definitely rewatched the game and seen the highlights and that one had to hurt bad. That, that, that was, was really bad. bad. That, that was really bad. bad. That was a bad one. Yeah. That was also the uh, day I got my first ever speeding ticket. I was going to mm-hmm. um, pick up my then girlfriend at the time. 
mm-hmm. believe me, retrospectively, she was not worth speeding for. But mm-hmm. I was going and and uh, actually listening to John Fogarty's center field. And all of a sudden, I hear the sirens in the background. I was like, that can't be for me. I was like, oh, shit. I was going about 67 in a 40. You were jacked that, up. You grew, you were all you were all hyped up for it. I was like, I, but I'm going to the Cavs game. He's like, that's fine. Right. Just take your time slow and down. here's your ticket. Just slow down. I'm like, yeah, this didn't really hurt. All right. Um, so in high school, you went, is it pronounced Genoa? Yep. Like Genoa Salami, basically. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So you were the stud athlete at Genoa, but yeah, we, we, we had, don't get me wrong. We, was I really good? I was really, really good, but we had a class that was pumping out stud athletes. Like really, like I did not, like I did not win. Like we had like the voting. I did not win yeah. like athlete of my class. Who won it? A guy named Nick Purdue. He won three state titles in a row in wrestling, and he was pretty damn good at wrestling. And then he played football. um, But he was just the best in the state in one sport. So I can't really say that. So, I mean, hey, tip tip my hat. He was was damn good. He was really good. Where his ears all fucked up? Because those wrestlers, man. Oh, yeah. Look at that cauliflower ear. Cauliflower ear, yeah, yeah. They're all gross. So we're showing the photos of you on the hoops court right now. Give me, mm-hmm. uh, give me the breakdown of Chris Bass at the Hooper. Uh, I was a six-four slender point guard that couldn't really dribble that well, but I could shoot really good. And then I, my my friends always give me crap because I, I don't know, I, I attempted like twelve dunks and I missed half of them. I just, I, I I could never try to do like a little dunk. I'd try to like slam it and half the time it was like slammed off the back of the rim and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, me and my buddy, uh, Ryan, he could, he could dunk. So um, whenever us two got in fast breaks, we try to put on a show and half the times it was a disaster on my part. Yeah. But I did see on your Instagram, I saw you throwing down. Oh yeah. I, I to this day, I can still dunk. I, I, as dumb as it is, I walked out of high school and somehow I was able to dunk easier. So I can, I can, easily dunk still to this day okay uh i also saw your your baseball uniforms the yeah, pants they're... dude i mean they were so bad like everyone made like everyone that sees them is like those things are so ugly and i like they were so bad i loved them like they were they were awesome i i still to this day i see them and i'm like they're terrible but they're again they're so bad i love them they're they're great for people that are audio only, first of all, join us on our YouTube channel, our, our Jam Baseball YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe and like button and all that sort of stuff. But go see them because I don't even think my description would do them justice. What color is that, Chris? It's uh, it's maroon and then it has pinstriped like gray through them or white. I think, I think it was gray. But yeah, I mean, again, they were they were terrible, but they were are terrible. So I loved them. If I were you, because, you know, when you're in high school, because of the expense, you can't keep the pants. So you have to give them back every year, right? Right, right. Okay. I would walk into Genoa High School Athletic Department and say, I would like a pair of pants to put on my wall framed. (laughs) I don't know if I like them that much. I don't, I don't, maybe not. You know what? You might be right there. You might be right. I am right on that one. I'm not going to. You moved on to uh, Akron. You are a zip. Yep. Mid-American Conference. Yep. That's right. My, you can see my Miami helmet over oh, yeah. my head. So plenty of battles. Um, I, your Wikipedia page says you pitched only one time your sophomore year because I want to get this right. Quote, you were concentrating on academics. Yep. 
AKA I was ineligible. And the reason oh. I was ineligible and, and, and the reason I was ineligible was because I decided to try to major in uh, call of duty instead of uh, school. That oh. was when call of duty, like modern warfare two was out and I was a mechanical engineer. So mechanical engineer and playing way, way, way too many video games didn't work out. Yeah, so that's no point. I got I got slapped on the wrist and said, "Hey, you gotta you gotta clean it up." Who has that discussion? Is that a coach? Is that a parent? Uh, I would say everyone. Yeah, my dad for sure. But uh, yeah, everyone's basically like, "Hey, the video games you gotta you gotta tone that down big time." So you cleaned it up? Oh uh, yeah, to an extent. Yeah, I mean, I still play video games. My wife still is all over me. Like, I love video games. I just I don't know. I just love like being not like not escaping the world but like That's being able is. to like being able to like talk with my friends like i'm not with you but mm -hmm. i'm still like able to like hang out talk chat do everything so yeah like being like all my friends were from toledo ohio and i was in akron and i was the only one in akron i was just hanging out with my friends the whole time so yeah i i i, I way too many video games way too many all right uh do you, is it still Call of Duty or have you moved on? Uh, I've branched out, but Call of Duty still pulls me in. Like Call of Duty is still my go-to. Okay, that's good. That's good. You made your um, major league debut. People forget, but you were a Chicago White Sox. You were drafted by the White Sox. You yep. made your major league debut against the Tigers. I imagine there were probably some people, when you get a chance to face Miguel Cabrera in your first ever game, and you grew up 40 miles from where he played his home games, you must have been like, did you have like a holy shit moment? Something's going on here. Uh, what do we got? I don't know. Can you see me? Yeah, I see you. What in the world is going on? Oh. All right, I'm back. Oh, you're Something back. popped up on my screen. Okay, no uh, worries. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, again, watching these guys, like, I was playing with Miggy in video games, like, you got to you got to play with Miguel Cabrera. You have right. to. So like, yes, facing him for the first time and he's like smiling at you and nodding at you. I'm like, oh man, this is not going to end well for me. And then I strike him out for the first the first inning. That's my first ever strikeout. And I was like, I don't ever really run off the mound. And I knew I I know for a fact I ran off the mound there. And I was like, I got to get off this field because I'm about to lose my mind. <laughs> what a great feeling though. Yeah, it's, I mean, sick. I loved it, but uh, yeah, I de I definitely was kind of like a outer body experience to say the least. Did you um, when you make your major league debut, were you able to focus right away, or was there a moment like where you had to step off the mound? And you're like, I cannot believe it, kid from just outside of Toledo, Ohio, who went to Akron, who almost got kicked off the team because I was playing Call of Duty. I'm here. Yeah, uh, I, I think, I think like you're at least for me. I, I can't speak for everyone, but for for mine, it was like the game when the game happened. I was so like relieved because like making my major league debut, um, somewhat close to home. Like I had so many people come to like the game. I was I almost wish like somehow like we I made my major league debut like in Japan or something because the amount of people that were like texting me and calling me like hey for tickets like where do i park um what hotel do i go to i'm like this is my first time ever in chicago like i don't know where you park i don't know where you should stay 
So once like the game like happened, I was like, thank God, I don't have to answer my phone anymore. Like this is good. So yeah, I think, I think that whole aspect of it all is just the overwhelming part. The game obviously is a little bit overwhelming, but there's so much stuff behind the scenes that goes on that it's like, Oh my goodness. Like I haven't talked to you in two years. Like, why are you texting me right now? So it's just, it's things like that. People just don't get it. They have no, no clue. And I, I mean, I can understand why. I mean, everyone thinks we get free tickets and 8,000 tickets for free. And we know the layouts of everything. And that's just not the case. It's still not the case. Hey, better, better. The fall classic is upon us and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the 21 World Series, has a no-brainer offer for you. Bet $1 on any World Series game and you win $100 in free bets. If either team gets a hit, while a double no-hitter would be amazing, we're betting on some action DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get some skin in the game with same-game parlays for the World Series. Ooh, multiple bets combined for a bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Enjoy the fall classic with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE. Bet just $1 on any World Series game and win $100 in free bets if either team gets a hit. That's promo code ROSE at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the 21 World Series. You must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Major League Baseball trademarks and copyrights are used with permission of Major League Baseball. Visit MLB.com. So hit the fast forward button, maybe five years later, you've been traded. You're now in Oakland and you're facing Miguel Cabrera again. And our amazing producer, Robbie Scirocco found this video of him like laughing at you. What is going on here? I'm sure you're talking about it's, it's my, I I can barely see it in the screen. Yeah. I, I know you're talking about. So it is my favorite like when I face Miguel Cabrera, it's like my favorite at bat. Him and Mike Trout are like my one, two. Like I, I might give up an 800 foot home run here, but it's like my favorite thing to do is to face those two guys. But anyway, he just kept rifling balls, ground balls in the six hole off me for a couple of times. And I, I told Marcus, I said, Marcus, I am, we're not letting him hit a ground ball in the six hole anymore. We're just not going to do it. So I said, we're going to set him up. I'm going to throw him like my slider cutter thing away off the plate. And I just know he's not going to swing at it because it's not going to be a good pitch for him to to hit. Um, But then I'm going to throw a sinker in. And I want you to slide on the second pitch into that six hole because he's going to try to hit the ball again in that six hole because he keeps doing that. So I throw the pitch I want, the first pitch. The second pitch happens. Um, I throw the sinker exactly where I want to throw it and he doesn't swing and he instantly pops his head up and like looks at me and like sticks his tongue out. Like you think I didn't just see what just happened there. Like (laughs) you got five days in the show. I got 15 years in the show. Like you have a lot to learn here. Like what's going on? Like, so 
right when that happened, I don't think I threw a strike after that. Like it just melted my brain. I was like, I am so overmatched here. This is, I'm, I'm in a different world. Like I might as well go back to rookie ball, what he just did to me. So yeah. Um, there's a reason why Miguel Cabrera is a no doubt first ballot hall of famer and should get 100% of the votes. It's a great story, dude. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. That's my all time favorite at bat, even though I walk the guy. Uh, what do you have with Mike Trout? Is it just simply the challenge of trying to get out the generational, this generation's best player? Yeah. I, I just think he's the greatest hitter of all time. Like he, he has a hole. Um, people know he has a hole. It's like up and in. But the thing is, is like the hole is like so small that like if you miss it, it's absolutely annihilated. And like the cat and mouse game of like trusting that there's somewhat of a hole up and in. And then once you get beat by it, because he's like, you're not going to constantly beat him up and in. This is not going to happen. He's going to make that adjustment. So you have to like throw enough pitches off the plate to get him back up and in. But it's just, like I said, I understand Barry Bonds. I get that aspect of it. Um, but the whole steroid situation, it makes me elevate my trout over Barry Bonds. So I have trout one, Barry Bonds two. You would have liked to have faced Bonds? For sure. I mean, I don't, I don't care what he was on. I mean, what he did, are you kidding me? He was hitting a home run every other at bat. So, I mean, of course, I would, I would love just to say – I mean, I, I love facing the best hitters in the world just to like be like, what does my game, how, how does my game correlate to you? Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I would have loved to face Bonds. Now I probably would have gave up a home run like everybody else, but it would have been fun. Yeah. yeah, get in line on that one. By the way, is there any question? There's no way Babe Ruth was that good. I get it. No. 714 home runs, more homers than, you know, entire teams and stuff, but come on. It, with, with, the advancement we've made in this sport today, you would have struck that guy out. I'm, I'm sorry, but I, this is going to be very, very uh, unpopular thing in the baseball older people, but I don't think Barry Bonds could be in the big leagues today, period. Wait, Barry uh, Bonds or Babe Ruth? Um, Babe Ruth, I mean, I'm sorry, Babe Ruth. Okay. Babe Ruth, yeah. I'm sorry, Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds could walk in today, I think, and still play. Babe Ruth, I mean, Babe Ruth, I don't think... I don't think he can be in the big leagues. I really don't. I, I don't think you're going to get a lot of argument. You know, like, you might get people in their 70s or 80s are like, this young whippersnapper doesn't know what he's talking about. I yeah, mean, now, I just, well, first of all, he wouldn't have been able to make the nutritional adjustment. <laughs> yeah. Although, although I'll, I'll say this. I don't know how many guys could wear wool uh uniforms and play games so you know what there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things back in the day um we're we're riding in private jets and they're riding in no ac buses with wool uniforms so there's a lot of things that uh i think can even it out but at the same time uh pitching back then was uh pretty poor to say the least that's pretty good you mean they weren't uh there weren't guys coming in with 98 and sync in the seventh inning out of the pen. Yeah. I would, I would love to see what Babe Ruth did with like Blake Trinan. Like I would just, I would love to somehow throw those two guys together and just be like, Hey, this is what we're trying to hit now today. Dude, there were guys with three fingers pitching back in the day, <laughs> you know, now, yeah. 
yeah. now we've made, you know, we've made progress. You were traded right after your first stint in the major leagues in the 2014 off season. Were you shocked? Yeah, for sure. Just because, um, I mean, how Twitter was like, I went to bed and there was a trade that was going down and they announced who was getting traded for Jeff Samarja. And I was not one of them. So I went to bed and I texted my buddies and I said, Hey, like, sorry, like I loved playing with you, but it stinks that we're no longer playing together, blah, blah. blah. And then I wake up in the next morning and my phone's exploded and I'm like, what is going on? And it's because I was traded. So yeah, I think, uh, in, especially in today's world, everyone has to be first on Twitter rather than being right. So I think I was kind of just a part of that. Wait a second. White Sox didn't call you and we're like, Hey, you're part of the deal. You found out on your phone. Yeah. I found out on Twitter. Doesn't that kind of suck? I, I hear that so many times now that it's, it, it is what it is. And honestly, I had 20 days in the big league, so I don't, I don't hold anything against. No, but there's the a White way, Sox. Chris, there's a way you treat people. And I don't care if you've had three weeks in the show or you've had 30 years in the show. I think that if you're changing somebody's life and we forget that, like we as baseball fans, we're just like, okay, how does this impact our team? That impacted your life. And all it does, all it takes is this. Hey, Chris, we're making a trade. You're really talented. We think you're going to be a great big leaguer, but we have a chance to get a guy that's established right now and help us. How how much does that take? I don't disagree with you at all, but that's just unfortunately not the way a lot of these things work. But I agree with you. It's that's okay. the way it should go down. But a lot of these trades don't go down like that. Well, it was interesting because we had your your teammate, Andrew Chafin, on. He found out he was in the Cubs bullpen that mm -hmm. day, and he saw it on a crawl that Andrew Chafin was being traded to the A's. He's like, well, I guess I'm not pitching today, and you know how Chafin is. I mean, Jesus, that, oh, that yeah. guy's heart rate doesn't get above zero sometimes. No. But he also told us another very interesting story when he joined us here on the Chris Rose Rotation. Give a listen to this. Chris Bassett and I have the same agency and he reached out and was like, Hey bud, you can just stay with me. We got extra rooms in the house. And so he really um, stepped up big time for me there and hooked me up with that. So wait a second. Are we doing this from Chris Bassett's house? Where are we? Yeah, we're, this is a, that's his refrigerator back there. I mean, it's a, it's a, their rental, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting at his uh, island at the kitchen right now. I think in the meantime, what we ought to do is go through Chris Bassett's fridge. I mean, really? Nah, I can't do that. It's, it's. I will show you. I'll show you this though. I get one drawer in the bottom of the fridge. Let's see if you can, see it. can you see that good? <laughs> so I, I got my drawer in the fridge, which it's all I need. Yeah, that was a drawer full of beer, and that was Chafin's. What type of roommate is he? A plus. I mean, me and him got got along so good just because we're just two country boys, honestly. And I bought so I bought a 1966 Ford F100. Um, this was before Chafin came, and I bought that. And I I plan on to I plan to fully restore it, 
but there were just things that were just wrong with it, um, things that need to be replaced. And when Chafin came over, it was like a kid in the candy store because I was like, I need to replace the starter. I need to replace uh, some fuel pumps and things like that. And Chafin's like, do you have tools? Let's go do it. Like, so like we're running to like ACE hardware and Lowe's and getting power tools and getting wrenches. So yeah, we're, uh, before we went to the field, um, we were underneath my truck ripping things apart and having fun with that. So yeah, it's, uh, Chafin and I were definitely a very good fit. He was great. Um, I don't mean to judge people, but he looks like the sort of guy that would lie around on your couch in his tidy whities no he's not actually he's very like as crazy as it is he's very uh not to give secret toy to chafe him but he's very meticulous about certain things and then really? not only that he's also he loves like autocad which i took a lot of autocad programs um mm-hmm. so he he loves being on the computer and designing things and he's He's like a mechanic that's really, really good at baseball. <laughs> so, like, he – I think, like, if if he can make the money that he does in baseball through being a mechanic, he'd quit baseball tomorrow. Yeah, like, I'm not so sure loves, that happens. The, the, the auto shops where we're rolling through four or five million a year, mm-hmm. they're not really auto shops. No, 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 no. They're, they're doing a little sketchy stuff. That was great. That's good stuff. Um, you had a fascinating 2021. There was a game in May where you had a complete game shutout against the Angels. And it was, you know, one of the best performances we saw all season. But it, what stuck with me was your press conference afterward. Um, mm-hmm. I want to give a listen to this and then react. I mean, they have stuck by my side through so much crap. And I'm just so grateful, honestly. I'm grateful. There's so many people that have pushed me when I was going through so much crap. My wife, I mean, obviously I have a little girl, but I'm, dang, man. Like, yeah. Like, Bomel, I mean, Showman, everyone, Nick, everyone. As dumb as it is, the clubbies, like, everyone just pushed me when they knew I was struggling through so much stuff. And like I said, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to be here. When you hear that, what do you think? Yeah, I, I said I had the same thoughts. Like, it was just uh, like it was just an overwhelming experience. Like, not like it wasn't like it wasn't a complete game. Like, I hope I throw a lot of complete games. It was just more so just like people – like people like that pulled me aside after that game and was like, we didn't think, or we didn't know if you were never able to play again. Like the way that you were bouncing back after TJ, we just, we just didn't know, but like the work that you put in with us, how much you trusted us, um, how you basically fought to get back. We couldn't be more proud. And um, I would say that whole experience was just, it was like just too much for me at the time kind of thing, which I mean, it, it still is to an extent, but I mean, I obviously um, have accepted it a little bit more. But um, yeah, I, I just think, I think people, people hear TJ or shoulder surgeries or hamstring or whatever it may be in a sport and they, 
they think, well, you're going to be back at this certain point. And, and so when I had TJ, I thought, okay, this is such a common injury now in, in baseball that this is the timeline. So they basically gave me a piece of paper and said that in five months, you're going to do this and six months, you're going to do this. And, and you'll be back in, in roughly 15 months. Well, when that didn't happen for me, it was like, okay, it was kind of panic because I was getting shut down because I had like nerve irritation in my arm because my arm wasn't bouncing back totally right. Um, so yeah, like just people constantly pushing me every day. Cause I'm just, I don't know, my, my, my mentality, my personality is just like, so like, I don't know, happy go lucky. And I'm pretty much just positive as can be every day, but that, I mean, destroyed, kind of destroyed me for roughly six months. I hated baseball. I hated being there just because I just didn't feel like I was making any progress, but then not only that, I just felt, um, I felt like my career was kind of slipping away and I just didn't have any control over it. And then once I kind of broke through all that, um, that's when obviously I had everyone to kind of thank for just constantly pushing me through all that stuff. Did you ever think about quitting? No, and I, I would, I would literally, I, I've always told myself like, um, even like today, like, someone's like i'm gonna have to have 30 teams tell me you're done before i quit like i i would have i would have played i would have i would have been throwing 87 or 86 whatever i was doing when i was trying to get back from rehab um and getting shelled as long as one team was saying hey you can still play so i never thought about quitting but it was just i never I never went from, I thought I was like pretty dang good to really bad. And I could do nothing to like stop it. So that was the worst part was I just didn't know who was showing up to the field that day. I just, with, with the nerve stuff that I went through, it was like one day I was throwing 92, 93. The next day I was throwing 84, 85. And I had no feeling that was like basically telling me you're throwing, going to throw 85 today. It wasn't like my arm was hurting. It was just like, my arm was like, like almost, I obviously people say like dead arm. Um, I had somewhat something like that and it just, it sucked for six months and it was terrible. But like the fact that Oakland like didn't release me, the easiest thing I look back is like, why did you guys not release me? But um, they obviously saw something that I just didn't at the time. Appreciate your vulnerability on that. It was one of the, it was one of the moments that stuck with me this year. And I think it's really important. I, listen, we're in testosterone driven business, right? Mm -hmm. And some people think it's like, why are you crying? Like, I thought it was great. I think you showed us what the struggle was all about. And your point about us and us as fans, not being privy to the struggle of rehab and the emotional ups and downs, you let us into your world. And I, I thank you. Cause I know that wasn't easy. Yeah. I mean, it's not only that, like, just that. like, I feel bad for so many guys that like get hurt. And then I just see like the fans reaction of why is this guy struggling or why is this guy struggling? And it's like, if y'all only understood like the game um, or even like the surgery aspect or bouncing back from something, it's, it's incredible how hard it is because to be good at this level, you have to be, on your game and to have something basically holding you back it's so hard to compete at this level it just it, and it, that's with 
everything. I mean, not, I'm not talking about baseball. That's, that's what the everything is. Something's holding you back on and off or off your career field. You're just not going to be good. You're just not. Who's your buddy? Right yeah, there. that's my dog. Come here. Say hi. Yeah, let's Say see this hi. dog. Oh, what oh. a gorgeous dog. Yeah. What, we got she's, a name a golden, she's a golden doodle, but she's what you call a flat coat golden doodle. So, um, yeah, she looks basically like a golden retriever. Yeah, yeah. She's the one I saw surfing, right? Yeah, she surfs. Or she tries to. She she sees a body of water and she is, I mean, all about it. That's impressive. I mean, there, you know, I couldn't do this. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. That's really impressive. What's her name? Ansley. Uh, cute. I love it's it. It's a weird, it's a weird name. Uh my my wife always wanted to name our first daughter that. And I did not like the name Ansley for a daughter. So I we got a dog and I said, Hey, what about Ansley? So I basically like took the daughter's name and gave it to the dog just yeah. so we can't name. Yeah. So what'd you go with your daughter's name instead? Landry. Okay. That'd be way better than Ansley. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. Chris, you also had the, um, the, the toughest injury that we saw in the field this year. Uh, how terrifying was it? Uh I'm not trying to like downgrade it. Obviously it was, uh, it was frightening. It could have been life altering. It could have ended my career, obviously, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I got so lucky in the aspect of how I don't have really any permanent damage besides some plates in my face and stuff like that, that I just, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And I still, to this day, I don't, I, maybe I try to downgrade it just so I don't like overthink it too much. But yeah, I, I think a big, big part of me just thinks if I'm going to put this big label on this injury, then it's going to be kind of a crutch of, as to why I may stink or something like that. So was it scary? Was it terrifying? Could it mess me up long, long term? Yes. But again, I'd try to downgrade it into like not that mm -hmm. big of a deal. But what were the emotions when you got back out on the mound? Was there any thought about what had happened or were you just? No, focused? it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't really much at all. It was for me. It was way more like, hey, come here. Hi, Landry. Is, I love this. This is great. Oh. <gasps> Hi, Landry. So I just got home. Say hi. Oh, Say I hi. love it. Oh, my gosh. Too cute. Oh, look at that. Look at the wave. Look at the wave. Oh. She got stung by a bee yesterday. That was, that oh. was, uh, that was really fun. Yeah, that's, but, that's always a scary one. Uh, honestly, like, I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember any of the injury. Like, I don't remember anything at all. And it didn't affect my eyesight. So, like, when I got back on the mound, everyone was, like, freaking out because they thought, like, I was going to be altered or I'd be thinking about getting hit again. And I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm a messed up individual when it comes to thinking a little bit. So, like, I was like, guys, I'm fine. Like, give me the baseball and I'll just get people out. Like, we're good. Like, just leave me alone. Stop talking about this. So, yeah, I mean, I – I just thought I, I was so wrapped up in like our team and like trying to get 
to the playoffs that I, I just I didn't care about any of it. Okay, good. I'm happy about that. That doesn't mm-hmm. make you messed up. That makes you Chris Bassett. I think that's yep. cool. And it happened a few weeks after the pinnacle of your career, getting to pitch in Colorado yep. at the All Star Game. Yeah, that was sick. So when you uh, when you get to something like that, what was what was the first thing that went in your mind as you're like arriving at the park and you're around all these other great players? Oh, I mean, everyone everyone kind of warned warned me about like, hey, enjoy the moment. Like it goes by quick, but like you're going to be pulled in so many different directions that it's going to be the most hectic three days of your life. And my gosh, were they right? It was, it was alarming how little free time that you have. So uh, it was definitely like a whirlwind, crazy, crazy three days, but it was, it was awesome. Like Colorado put on a show. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was a good time. It was a good time. Let me ask you real quickly. We're on the off day of the ALCS and you face the Astros 19 times a year as a team, but based Mm -hmm. on what their starting pitching has been through. And I mean, no McCullers in this series Mm -hmm. until game five, where Fromber threw the best game of the playoffs that we've seen, their starting pitching hadn't even given them three innings. Are you Mm -hmm. shocked? They're going back to Houston with a three, two lead over that monstrous lineup. You have to be, I mean, am I shocked? Cause Houston, no, like Houston is so good. They're just such a well-oiled machine when it comes to having an elite bullpen, having an elite lineup. They obviously have really good starting pitching, but McCullers being out, I thought was going to be massive. So when when McCullers when McCullers got hurt, when McCullers got hurt, I was basically like, okay, like I don't see how in the world they can basically bridge this gap. And they bridged the gap somehow. I, like how they went through Boston and hold a three-two lead right now is mind-boggling to me. By the way, real quickly, I got two more things. And I'll let you go back. Be daddy to Landry. Um, Ryan Tapera of the White Sox in the middle of their divisional series after the White Sox got their game three win at home. He said, "Look, you know they had some funny swings up here compared to what they were doing in Houston. When you're a pitcher in Houston, does that ever enter your mind?" that something transpired there several years ago no it 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 did when they were cheating because we knew they were cheating like we knew what was going on every team in the big leagues knew what was going on but now no they're just they're just really really good and i just thought you don't you don't need to have a scouting report on lance lynn i mean what's lance lynn gonna throw He's going to throw a fastball. So no wonder they're on everything. Like, what are you talking about? They're on everything. You have a pitcher that's throwing only fastballs. So yeah, they're on everything. What do you like? What, what, that, like, I, I just think we have to get as a sport, we have to get away from this like cheating story. Like I understand the media holds on to it. I understand everyone wants to hold on to it. Like Boston, it was Boston's game last night with the light in the bar in the background and everyone jumps on Twitter, like, Oh my gosh, teams are cheating again. Like we can't have a cell phone go off in, in center field anymore without people thinking like we're cheating and stuff like, like, come on. Like I, I just, I just hope the game cleans itself up. We police ourselves better than what we have in the past and just, just play the game the right way. So you, you don't, you personally don't look at Correa. Cause I've talked to some guys who, who haven't given it up players who are like, I still look at them as cheaters. Like I still have a tough time looking at Correa and Bregman and Altuve and the guys that were on that team as anything other than that. 
but it sounds like you've moved no. on, which is okay. No, I, I, I look at it as you guys are world-class players and you didn't need to do what you did to be great. That's what I look at it as. I don't, I don't look at it as like you guys are great because you cheated. I just look at it as you guys are great and you guys didn't need to cheat. But again, this is not to open up a massive can of worms kind of thing, but like Houston was not the only team doing stuff. Like there was a lot of people doing stuff. It was just, I mean, fortunately, but unfortunately only one team essentially got caught doing it or was the guinea pig of it to like Mm -hmm. clean the whole entire league up. But there was a lot going on. You think we're done. We're past that. Do you think, you think it's, is it happening still? No, I think, I think that aspect is completely gone of the game. I, I think that's clean. I, if, if, a, if an organization's dumb enough now to, to cheat like that and they get caught doing it, it should be lifetime suspensions for everyone involved. I mean, it should be no slap on the wrist. No, we're going to maybe fine you for a year, suspend you for a year. It should be a lifetime suspension for everyone involved. I mean, including players like, I understand we were in a, a weird spot with Houston where everyone was, it was, it was like an arms race almost. Like it was like, Hey, this team's doing this, this team's doing that, this team's cheating here, this team's doing this. So like, I understand protecting players and stuff like that a little bit, but now in today's game, now we, we, if you're doing something, you should get smacked as hard as we possibly can. I appreciate that honesty. I always thought like, well, what would it be like? Cause I've never been in a clubhouse. I've been in a, I worked around sports for 30 years, but I always wondered why guys couldn't stand up and say, guys, we don't need to be doing this. Like, why do we have to be doing it? Like, let's stop. We, we are good enough. Or is it simple? Simply Chris, you don't get it. Like when it comes to competition, we will do anything to win. Well, no, I just think it was a point in the sport where the entire sport knew what was going on so it was like well houston's doing this so we got to do this to try to keep up with them and instead of someone stepping up and i don't mean a player instead of like the mlb or whoever it may be they knew what was going on and said no one stepped up everyone let it happen and unfortunately it escalated into something so big that john boy and freaking the internet had to basically tattle on all the people and be like they literally basically had to shove the proof in the MLB's face before they did anything which is always it's always the case with the MLB the MLB never is ahead of a story right they're always chasing the story behind and trying to cover up everything with the steroids and that's how it's always been unfortunately you're dead on man we're not we're not proactive as a sport enough we're very reactionary thank god for jimmy Thank God for John Boy. I mean, it's it's just unfortunate. I mean, again, like it'd be one thing if you just genuinely didn't know what was going on, but everyone did. It wow. just, we just didn't do anything. Let you get out of here. But before that, we do this with every guest. We spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. It will land on mm. a category. You'll give us an answer. You'll get going. Oh, good one. You're in trouble. What's the most trouble you ever got in with your parents outside of the call of duty your sophomore year at Akron? Oh, man. Honestly, I 
I'm not saying I was a, a, goody, a goody two-shoe, but I didn't really get in much trouble, so to speak. You never got grounded for anything? I'll say this. This is, and I didn't get in trouble with the cops by any means, but we, uh, we toilet papered a house, um, and we was like five guys, five girls, toilet paper in a house, and one girl poured Dawn dish soap on a car, and it somehow, some way, like peeled the damn paint off the car. So like that was probably, and like the cops were involved and we had everyone running from the cops because we kind of got busted in the act. So yeah, I think that, that was like the worst in trouble I ever got, but it, like I didn't actually get in trouble. Could you imagine if it had rained that night, what that car would look like? It was, yeah. I, I, to this day, I still don't understand how Dawn just so, I mean, literally peeled paint off a car. I, 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 I still, you know what? I'm, I still call funny business on that. Something, something weird happened, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was, that was the worst thing. My rap sheet is basically my rap, my rap, like rap sheet zero. So good. I don't got any like really good. I, I have a rolling stop ticket. So we're, we're in trouble there. You're good. You're good. Call Chafin. He'll tell you exactly. He'll break it all down. How uh, the, the chemical compounds inside of Dawn soap can ruin yeah, a paint job. If Chafin had his damn auto body shop, we would have been perfect. We would have got out of it. Scotch free. <laughs> We're good. He's another Ohio guy, man. We're all just weird. Yep. Chris, this was a, uh, a ton of fun, man. I, I love getting to know you a little bit better. You had an awesome season. I wish you the best of luck with, uh, with your family there in the off season. Be healthy, and we'll look forward to a 2022. But most importantly, go Browns tonight. Go Browns. Uh, don't don't ruin my whole weekend. I might have to hit you with a text mid-game. Sounds good. Dude, I really, really appreciate it. It was a blast. And uh, enjoy the next few months as well. We'll catch up with no you doubt. somewhere down the line, all right? Sounds great. All right. So for our outstanding producer, Robbie Scirocco, and our outstanding guest today, Chris Bassett, the all-star of the Oakland A's, I'm Chris Rose. We'll see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.